gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King once again as we go against the spread on this week's college and NFL football cards. And what a week it was again in the world of college football last week. Maybe not quite as many stunning upsets, but the bottom line is, Victor, we have a new number one team in the world of college football this week, and it's the Mississippi State Bulldogs, if you can believe it. 45 first-place votes for Mississippi State. Currently, of course, 6-0 and on the year. Florida State right behind the mark. The top five teams in the AP poll, all 6-0. and A very uh, interesting Saturday in college football. Uh, Sunday was uh, very surprising in the NFL as well. The one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, Mark, is that once again in college football, you know, offense is up again, and the, the news may not come as a shock, but scoring and offensive yardage production is on a record pace. We talked about it uh, right around last year at this time. And we've got 18 teams in college football that are averaging 40 or more points per game. Last year, the total wow. was just eight. And over the past, uh, past six years, the annual average was only 7.7. Uh, currently, 18 teams. Also, we've got 19 teams this year that have averaged 500 or more yards per game on offense. Last year, the total was 12. The previous six-year annual average is seven. And I do realize that a lot of this is non-conference-based, and these uh, basic uh, scoring orgy numbers, if you will, figure to shrink a little bit in the coming weeks uh, as competition increases. But amongst the biggest year-over-year -year movers, how about Michigan State? They've exploded from 29 points per game last year to 45 this year. You just touched on Mississippi State, our new number one team in the AP poll. They've gone from 27 points per game to 41, scoring is up over two touchdowns a game for Mississippi State. Uh, even TCU, the uh, big play you had on Saturday, Mark, they brought in new coordinators from Houston and Texas Tech. They've juiced up their scoring by a 20-point game uh, margin from last year, from 25 to 45.8. And uh, even a team like uh, UAB in its first year under new coach Bill Clark has morphed from a 26-point-per-game team to 40.2. Uh, basically, you can explain it uh, on offense. Of course, there's this proliferation of spread offenses. Uh, young players continue to become more advanced in the passing game by the time they reach college. We know that uh, from a defensive side of things, tackling appears to be a little bit of a uh, lost art. And not to mention there's the uh, defensive rule changes. Defenses have been handcuffed a little bit you know, about the rules with major penalties for illegal hits, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And the old saying about you know, offense selling tickets and defense winning games has not been aging very well. Of the current top 25 teams in total offense, 15 of them have one or fewer losses, and of the top 25 teams in total defense, the number is eight. So scoring once again up in college football. Big time up in college football this year, and I think maybe a little bit of that, Victor, uh, might be attributed to the, to the college football playoffs and the fact that they're looking to impress 
the members that are on the committee maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more this year perhaps than in years past. So, you know, there's that, uh, that edge or that, that thought about maybe putting up impressive scores on the scoreboard as well. But undoubtedly, college football scoring is up. One thing I noticed last week, Victor, when I chart my football games and I hand log every football game statistically into the Staten logbook, and unbelievably, last week, there were a total of 19 games that were played in college football where the team that won the game was out-yarded in the contest. That's called winning a game inside out, if you will. And we explore all that in online every week at an article I call Inside the Stats. And you can get an overview of exactly who those teams were last week. But in amongst those 19 inside-out stat winners last week, Seven of them lost the game by over 100 yards in doing so, but yet still some way found a way to win the game on the scoreboard. Mm. We'll see if that trend continues. I kind of doubt it because it's the most I've seen, I can recall, in a long, long time. It's unbelievable. And uh, You talked about scoring, and Victor, we'll move over to the National Football League side of things here right now. You also hit on the fact that scoring's up in the NFL this week, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm seeing more and more totals that seem to be going over the total than the way they started this year. That's definitely true. Twice as many games uh, in the NFL went over the total uh, than under last week. There were 10 overs. There were only five unders. You know, what's a weird thing is, though, you can make a case that it actually could have gone the other way around. It could have gone five overs, 10 unders. I say that because there were multiple games that went over the total basically in the last minute of play. And even in a couple instances on the last play of the game, Uh, Case in point, uh, we take a look at the Denver-New York Jets game. If you were on the Jets in the under, you thought you cast yourself a ticket until a pick six on the last play of the game uh, turned into a Denver ATS win and the game going over the total. The same thing happened in the uh, Redskins-Cardinals game. If you were on Washington in the under, it looked like you had a pretty safe bet until Kirk Cousins threw a pick six with 15 seconds left in that game. All of a sudden, it went the other way around, and it went Cardinals and the over. Uh, The game down here in um, South Florida, Mark, Green Bay Packers scored a touchdown on the last play of the game. Now, for those of us who were on the over, we're thankful for that outcome, but that's another game that went from under to over in the last three seconds of the game. And even the Monday night game, the St. Louis Rams, uh, San Francisco 49ers, uh, another play in which we were on the over. Uh, a game that was on a fairly clear-cut overpace for the first three quarters. It required a pick six with 55 seconds left for that game to go over the total as well. So there was uh, at least four games on the schedule that went from unders to overs in the last minute of play, even a couple in the last play of the game. I've never seen anything as wild and wacky as uh, some of these total results from the past weekend. Victor, we alluded to that a little bit in our Washington, Tennessee write-up in the Playbook Football Newsletter this week, and it was Charles, the editor and graphics artist uh, uh, chief that uh, who puts our newsletters together, he had sent me an uh, email, and the email had alluded to the fact about these, at that time, the two pick sixes that occurred in the final plays of the game, and his comment was that if anybody had those, they were probably standing on a bridge wondering if there was any reason not to jump. <laughs> not to. <laughs> 
because it can really, really destroy a mm. one's bankroll depending upon what side of those games you happen to be on. Quite a wild, woolly week it was in the National Football League last weekend. We also noticed that uh, there are no longer any undefeated teams in the National Football League. The best they could do this year was opening up 3-0, and and it's really kind of a, uh, one of the smaller starts to undefeated teams I've seen in a while, too. We generally get a handful of 4, 5, and 6-0 and football teams to begin the season. The best they could do this year was 3-0, and and that only points to me that this uh, this league this year, there's no standout stick-out team that I've seen in the National Football League, and it kind of leads it to be wide open as far as playoff positioning goes. Uh, your take, Victor, on the start of the National Football League, any team that you feel has been overly impressive or underly disappointing? Well, definitely surprising not to see an undefeated team at this point, Mark. There's only six teams in the league that have had, that have one loss. Of course, uh, San Diego 5-1, and one. Uh, the Eagles and the and the uh, Cowboys five and one, and of course uh, we can't forget about the O and the five teams: Oakland O and five on the season, Jacksonville O and six on the season. Uh, surprise, uh, not too much in the way of surprises. Uh, New England has kind of got off the schneid and looked very very good in their last two games after starting the season uh, going two and two. Uh, a little surprising to see a Carolina team that's three and two and winning their division. They have not looked good in their last three games. However, we'll touch on that in our uh, write-up as well. Uh, seeing Detroit Lions at four and two. If you ask me, the most surprising thing in the NFL, it'd be the fact that uh, the Detroit Lions are doing it with defense. This is the number one defense in the NFL. They've allowed only eighty-two points in their six games, and they're tied with the Packers atop the NFC North division. A little bit of a Jim Caldwell trait, maybe from his days dating back to the Indianapolis Colts as a head coach, where they were really defensively staunch. They had he had the luxury of having Peyton Manning as his quarterback, and uh, he's working well now with the Detroit Lions, instilling that defensive ethic. And it'll be interesting to see what happens this Sunday when they take on the number one offense in the league in the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans invades the Motor City with a week of rest to get ready for that football game. All in all, a lot of intriguing football matches on the card this week. Victor and I are going to tear down our college football and NFL football games of the week and that and a whole lot more when we come back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Don't get fooled by a shady handicapper that claims he wins 80% of the time. Get a documented handicapper. Sportswatch Monitor is your home for documented sports picks you can trust. Our collection of handicappers is the finest in the industry, and you can have the confidence every monitored selection has been documented and verified. The Sportswatch Monitor is a non-biased handicapper monitoring service for all major sports. So uncover that shady handicapper by looking first on the Sports Watch. If he isn't there, he probably isn't straight up with you. Go with a reputable handicapper to assist you in building your bankroll. Go to sportswatchmonitor.com and review our top five for football and start winning. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're rocking and rolling on this week's NFL and college football card. It's time right now for our college football game of the week. And I think we have a dandy on tap this week, Victor, a matchup of two undefeated football teams when Notre Dame takes on Florida State, a big football game down here in the state of Florida. Victor, your take from an over-under perspective on this football clash this Saturday. 
Well, at this point, there are some question marks in the game, Mark. In fact, uh, enough question marks where they have yet to post a total in this game. Uh, Notre Dame, Florida State, of course, uh, we don't know the official status of Jameis Winston and whether he'll play or not. I'm assuming that he will. And uh, with that said, I'm also assuming an over-under line of somewhere in the 55 to 57 point range between these two teams. Of course, uh, Seminoles opened up as about a two-touchdown favorite, and the line has come down a little bit. We do know that Notre Dame is a talented offensive team in their own that they could basically test Florida State's defense more than most of their previous opponents. The Fighting Irish have scored 30 points or more in five of their six games this season. Of course, the exception was that defensive game against uh, Stanford, uh, and uh, they were three-point underdogs in that game. Of course, they're coming off a big-time shootout against uh, an unexpected shootout, I might add, against North Carolina last Saturday, in which they won 50-43. to Of course, Everett Golson threw for 300 yards with three TDs in that particular game. And talking about the quarterbacks, Mark, you know, Golson and Winston are a combined 35-1 and in their career in all games. And I believe in the regular season, neither quarterback has ever lost a game in the regular season. Of course, uh, Winston comes in uh, 11 touchdowns, five interceptions on the season, uh, 70% completion percentage. Golson uh, started hot, but he has turned the ball over nine times in their last three games in terms of over-under results on the season. Notre Dame has gone two and four over-under. Average line, 54.7. Average score, 51.7. And on the flip side, Florida State's gone 3-3 three and three over under with their average line 59.3 and average total points scored 59.6. Uh, I touched on the offenses. We got two pretty good offenses. Notre Dame 444 yards per game and 34.5 points per game. And, of course, on the Florida State side, 462 yards per game. That's number 32 in the country and 39 points per game. Uh, Their defensive numbers are up a little bit on the Florida State side. Uh, They're not shutting out teams the way they did last season. And um, I've got this game pegged somewhere around the area of 38 to 31, Mark. I am leaning over. Of course, right now, uh, there are question marks surrounding the game. They have yet to post a total. But again, I'm assuming 55 to 57. And at a line like that, uh, with, with us having the game... Oh, finishing somewhere at 65 to 70 points, we will lean over in the Notre Dame-Florida State game. It should be a fantastic game. Uh, We know what we're going to be doing Saturday night at 8 o'clock, watching two unbeatens play each other. Uh, Great football game, Victor. No question about that. The Irish and the Seminoles locking horns, if you will, this Saturday night. I call it a collision course. And if you will, those of you who follow our articles in the Black Book or the Playbook Football Newsletter, I bet you did no articles, a collision course is basically a matchup of two undefeated football teams that have each opened up the season 5-0 and or better. And according to our database, the play in those football games in these collision course games is to play the underdog in those football games. The underdog cashes the ticket better than 70% of the time in collision course football games. That underdog in this game happens to be Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, playing their first true road game of the season this year, if you will. Uh, They've been a a couple neutral sites this year, but this being their first true road game of the season. This is a huge game for Notre Dame because if you look down their schedule here, if they pull the rug out on Florida State here, 
they can afford to lose another football game and mm-hmm. likely get a ticket into the championship game. And you know they're going to be at Arizona State and they're going to be at Southern Cal, and maybe you can make a case that you know that loss late in the season at Southern Cal might hurt the football team. But this would be a huge bullet in their in their belt if you would to knock off the Florida State football team. So you know that Brian Kelly has got his football team geeked up for this game. Brian Kelly in his career has been outstanding as an underdog, and especially when his team is off a point spread loss of nine or more points. He's 10-1 and one to the spread in his career in this particular role. And according to our midweek alert football newsletter, that's our statistical football newsletter, these two teams are as evenly paired up as you can be, I think, from a stat standpoint, given the fact that Notre Dame has won their stats 97 net yards a game against other fellow FBS teams this year. Florida State has won their games a net 90 yards per game against other fellow FBS teams. So statistically, this is a pretty even matchup, if you will. On the Florida State side of things, as Victor mentioned here, the big question here is obviously whether or not Jameis Winston will be behind center in this football game. We still don't know that as we do the show here on Wednesday, but I'm guessing, like Victor, that he will likely start this football game as especially with Jimbo Fisher in his corner right now at this particular time, fighting off all of the legalities involving Jameis Winston and his off-the-field behaviors. Florida State comes into this contest. If you go backwards to the BCS title game last year, they're just 1-5 to the spread. They're last six-lined football games. And I think it's evident this year this is not quite the team that we saw last year that's playing with the intensity, especially defensively, that we saw last year. And that can probably be largely attributed to the fact that they're not as hungry this year as they were last year after having... Uh, won that national championship. Last year, just to point out that they allowed only one team to score more than 17 points. This year, they've allowed three teams to do that just far thus far, and we're just basically at the halfway point of the football season here. According to the database, defending national champions in matchups of collision course teams, undefeated versus undefeated, there have been 29 of them, and they've beat the spread only 10 times has the defending national champion in matchups like this. I think the bottom line here is I love the fact that Everett Goldson, as Victor mentioned, has never lost a game, a regular season game in his career as a starting quarterback with the Irish. He's 18-0 in starting games in regular season with the Fighting Irish. This is a big game for Notre Dame, equally big game for Florida State, but I like the underdog's chance here. I will play Notre Dame plus the points in this football game. Don't you go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our NFL game of the week. We've got a dandy inside the NFC conference. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. This football season, go where the wise guys go for all their winning information. Playbook.com website. If accurate, exclusive winning information is important to you, it's important you make Playbook.com your one-stop source for all your football information this season. Whether it's downloading a weekly copy of the Playbook Football Newsletter, selecting guaranteed best bets or free picks from the world-famous Playbook Experts Handicappers, or checking lines and scores, Playbook.com has it all. And make it your inside source this football season for exclusive information not found anywhere on the web. Get every edge imaginable at Playbook.com, where winners go for winners. Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're going against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. It's time for our National Football League Game of the Week. We've got a matchup of two playoff potential teams 
locking horns, if you will, in the NFC contrast, uh, conference when the Carolina Panthers invade Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. Victor, your take on the Packers and Panthers matchup this Sunday. The over-under line opened at 48.5. The first initial push was a half point uh, upwards to 49. That's what I'm currently seeing it at. And uh, I do like this game over the total. These two teams are already a combined 9-3 and over-under in the season. 5-1 and over-under for the Packers. 4-2 and over-under for the Carolina Panthers. And what's alarming uh, for Panther backers has got to be their um, decline on defense this season. This is a team that was the number three defensive team in the NFL last year. They've slid all the way to number 26 this year. Uh, 392.5 yards per game allowed. That's 90 yards per game higher than last season when they allowed just 302. Uh, Their last four games have seen uh, 74, 55, 48, and 56 points. The average Carolina game has gone over the total by a full touchdown this season, plus 7.0. They're also, on the offensive thing, they're transitioning to an offensive passing team. Now, a lot of that, of course, has to do with the fact that uh, their backfield has been really beat up in terms of injuries. Uh, The Carolina Panthers, uh, Jonathan Stewart, D'Angelo Williams. So their rush numbers are down this year, about 40 yards per game compared to last season. But um, Cam Newton has picked it up on the offensive end. Uh, They've turned into a pretty good passing team, 257 passing yards per game. That's about 60 yards higher than last season as well. So uh, given those improvements on offense and the decline on defense, it's not surprising that they're 4-2 over-under in the season. What is surprising on the other end, Mark, is that the Packers are 5-1 and over-under in the season. That's surprising giving all their, their offensive decline. Last year, this was a team that was almost a 400-yard-per-game offense, 393 offensive yard per game in 2013. They're down to 319 yards per game this season. They're down about 74 yards per game on offense despite that. They're still 5-1 and one over under on the season with average points scored in Packer games at uh, 50.8. Their last three games have gone 52 points, 52 points, and 55 points. Most of our team trends lean toward a higher scoring game than anticipated. The Panthers 7-1 and one as conference road dogs of a touchdown or more. Four and one to the over in game seven. Four and one their last five games against the NFC North division. Uh, The Packers, they do tend to go over at home as non division conference home favorites of a touchdown or more. They've gone 10 and one in this situation to the over. They've gone a perfect six and oh to the over in their game seven, their seventh game of the season. They're eight and one to the over at home against NFC South division teams. Uh, NFC North home favorites of more than six points against NFC South opponents, eight and one over under dating back to the 2006 season. Yeah, I think there's going to be some points up there in Green Bay this week, and we'll be on the Packers over for the second week in a row in their game against Carolina. Victor looks for a well-lit scoreboard in the Packers-Panthers showdown game on Sunday, going over the total for his selection side in the football game. And taking a look at a matchup of what I call these two playoff potential teams, the Carolina Panthers come in here averaging 344 yards a game on offense, allowing 392 yards a game defensively. And the reason I'm calling that out is the fact that that's a slippage, if you will, of 
90 yards a game on defense for Carolina. That was their strength last year, their defense, and it certainly hasn't been their strength this year. They're allowing 48 yards a game more than they're gaining thus far this football season are the Panthers. They also come into the football contest, according to our midweek alert, having lost the stats in each of the last five football games in a row, yet they still sit uh, atop their division here despite the fact that they've been outgained five football games in a row. That's not good news for uh, football teams like that. They're sitting, uh, talking about football teams here now. When you're taking a look of teams that come off of a tie, as the Carolina Panthers did last week against Cincinnati, that's not good news for the teams that are off the tie as well because when these football teams that are 500 or better on the road who tied their previous game and they're taking on a 500 or better non-division opponent, they're just 1-7 and seven to the spread in the history of our database. Not good numbers for the Carolina Panthers coming in there off their tie against Cincinnati last week. The Green Bay Packers, after finishing up last year, one four and one straight up at oh five and one to the spread in their final six games at Lambeau Field. And who would have ever guessed that? One win in their last six games at Lambeau Field. They're on a mission this year to improve on that, and they're doing that just that to begin this season. The Packers have started out two and zero and have yet to lose the spread at home thus far this football season. They're coming in here on a three and zero straight up and ATS point spread run the last three football games. They look like a team on a mission thus far this season here. And the good news about that 3-0 straight-up in ATS run is that home teams who are on a 3-0 ATS run, I should say the Green Bay Packers themselves when they're on a 3-0 ATS run and they're at home, they've gone 12-4-1 to the spread, including 10-2 to the spread in non-division type football games. The bottom line here to me in this football contest is, aside from Green Bay having knocked off the NFC South seven times in a row, you've got Aaron Rodgers in here. And I put this into my database and looked at him and what he does when he's been favored in a football game and he wins the contest. Aaron Rodgers favored win the football game. How about 47 and 10 to the spread in his career in roles like that? I see Green Bay winning this football game, Aaron Rodgers being favored, and I will lay the points with the Green Bay Packers against what I feel is a phony Carolina fraud-like Panther football team on Sunday. With that, let's hop out to Las Vegas now. It's time for our annual, or I should say our weekly trip out to Las Vegas. We're going to check with Dave Tooley and get a view from Vegas to find out what's going on in Las Vegas this hectic football week. And Dave, how's everything going for you and everybody in Sin City this week? Things are going great. Uh, yeah, the weather, beautiful fall weather. And uh, yeah, football and baseball. And we got... Uh, you know, basketball coming up, and and for for hockey fans, uh, they're already <laughs> uh, in into their uh, got their sk- skates dug in for a hockey season as well. Yeah, it's a fun time of year here in Vegas. Everywhere other than South Florida, our hockey fans <laughs> digging in <laughs> down here. It's been a tragic situation with the Florida Panthers. They had only seven thousand people at their game on Monday, and in fact, only eleven thousand in their season opener. And they're really, really fighting off rumors about this franchise moving, perhaps to Quebec. But we'll see whether or not that transpires. That's just a little bit of local news here. <laughs> I, being a Florida Panther season ticket holder, in a little bit of disarray, if you will, about all that. But Dave, uh, let me ask you this: Last weekend, the National Football League. I know it was quite exciting here. I know Victor's going to want to touch in on, on that with you, but uh, the National Football League ties into the Superbook contest. And uh, uh, we, I know we have a leader on the leaderboard here that's really lit things up, and you interviewed him for ESPN.com in one of your pieces here. What did you find out when you talked with the leader in the Superbook contest this week? Right, in my uh, Tuesdays with Thule column on uh, ESPN, uh, ESPN Chalk, the, bet, the sports betting coverage that we do there, um, it's a free article, some of the stuff – 
that we do is behind the paywall, but uh, every Tuesday I do my Tuesdays with Thule column. And so, yeah, I interviewed the leader, Alcatraz Holdings, is the alias that he used in the in the super contest. Uh, his name is uh, Dustin Rampey from Maslon, Ohio, uh, back in uh, kind of your neck of the woods, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Right. So, uh, yeah, very football uh, crazy part of the country there, obviously. As is the whole country, you know. But uh, yeah, he's a real estate investor back there, and uh, he first time in the contest. He said he had done, you know, a local contest with a bunch of his buddies, um, kind of similar to super contest, but in the, his case, it was picking ten games a week, both college and pro, against the spread, uh, with lines that came out every Thursday. So, but uh, you know, he had seen the size of the super contest growing every year. Uh, the, you know, this year we have a record 1,403 entries uh, with first place prize of uh, $736,000, $575. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, that, I'm, I'm sure that's more than his local pool <laughs> awards <laughs> to the champion. So, so yeah, he, he got in this year and uh, you know, he says he's, you know, he does his own power rankings. And, and then obviously, you know, he, he you know, compares his lines to the lines that are out there and especially the super contest lines that are locked in on Wednesdays and uh, goes with his five picks every week and he, he got out of the gates uh, super fast the first two weeks he went 5-0 and oh. how's that for your uh, super contest debut wow. to start 10-0 and oh after, after two weeks and uh, and then after week three um, people might remember uh, a couple weeks ago I wrote about uh, Henry Gondorf was the leader after three weeks. Uh, he had actually started 14-0 and and then he lost his uh, 15th game and was 14-1 and after three weeks. And he was tied with Alcatraz Holdings for the lead at that time. Uh, Henry Gondorf is actually Todd Furman of uh, Fox Sports. And so, ah. uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, Furman, uh, I wrote about him there and uh, we joked about the Thule curse at that time. And uh, he, he's kind of... Uh, Faded a little bit. I mean, he's still 19 and 11. He's still over 60 percent. He's still in the running. But Alcatraz Holdings has uh, kept kept it running. Yeah, he went. Uh, he slumped at three and two in week four. <laughs> how, how do you like that for your worst week wow. of the year? Three and two, and then uh, yeah, he went four and one in week five, and then in week five in week six he went five and zero oh again. Uh, so he's had three perfect weeks out of a uh, out of the six weeks so far, and so twenty six and four overall, eighty six point seven percent against the spread. So I interviewed him, and uh, he says he's not afraid of the Thule curse. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens. Although, I mean, honestly, you know, I don't believe in curses myself, so, but uh, uh, there is usually a regression to the mean no matter what. And yeah, you know, someone hitting that high of a percentage, no one expects to keep that up. Uh, Forever, so we'll see if uh, he's got enough of a lead here to uh, to go the distance. I'm sure he'd look forward to hearing from you again, Dave, and that would only be largely because of the fact that he's continuing the pace, and you <laughs> want to get a better pulse on what's going on. But uh, interesting story taking place with Alcatraz Holdings, the leader on top of the Superbook contest. And speaking about the Superbook contest, Dave, any major moves that you saw come across from perhaps the early sendout on the Superbook contest lines as opposed to what we're seeing this week? Uh, yeah, the... Uh yeah, the Westgate Hotel. Westgate now owns the uh, formerly the LVH and the Hilton. Um, several of the lines uh, have been moving from their advanced lines that they put out every Tuesday. Um, Patriots Jets uh, was nine and a half a week ago. Uh, it's looking like that's going to run to ten. Uh, Colts and Bengals. Uh, the Colts was two point favorite on the original send out. 
and the Colts beat the Texans, and the Bengals obviously tied the Panthers. So that one was adjusted to three when the Lions came out Sunday. And now that, that's looking like that's going to go across the key number to three and a half. Uh, Lions and the Saints. Uh, Lions were one and a half point favorite on the advance line. Uh, came out Sunday at two and a half. Looks like that's going to three. Um, the uh, Cowboys, uh, they're, they're the most hyped team right now, I would say, in the uh, the major media outlets. Uh, Cowboys are three and a half on the advance line. Uh, we all saw the, uh, you know, C- Cowboys uh, beat the Seahawks and the Giants lose uh, badly on Sunday night. So that line's all the way up to six. Uh, quite a move there. And uh, Broncos 49ers, uh, that line you know, came out seven on Sunday. Um, most of those sevens are gone and it's looking like that's going to settle in at six and a half. So it looks like the big mover, the Dallas Cowboy-New York Giants game, moves from 3.5 to 6. Keep an eye on that. We'll see whether or not that major move was a correct move or not. Victor, I know you've got a question you want to run by Dave on the show this week as well. Yeah, Dave, uh, Sunday was a wild Sunday in the NFL. It even continued into Monday night as well. Multiple games going from the dog and the under to the favorite and the over. In some cases, are the last play of the game. My two-part question, what does Dave Tooley do on a Sunday afternoon? Are you at home? Are you at the sports books? You're trying to get a feel for some of the atmosphere. And if that is the case, what was uh, uh, some of the feedback there in Las Vegas uh, after uh, multiple games went toward the favorite and the over, uh, in some cases, on the last play of the game? <laughs> yeah, um, 15 out of the 16, I mean, 17 regular season weeks, I'm usually over at the Westgate. They open up their theater and show the games on the big screens and uh, get, you know food and drink specials and all that. So it, it attracts a really good crowd. So that's usually where I go on Sundays. So I can watch all the games on big screens at one time. Um, I have stayed home on occasion to, to watch and then, you know, channel flipping or uh, red zone. But uh, I, I do like the atmosphere being there with the public, although usually the public is cheering against me. <laughs> I'm, I'm usually uh, on the underdog side right. or trying to play contrarian. So sometimes it is a little aggravating <laughs> when you see a game going <laughs> south and the whole place is going nuts. But uh, um, you know, in particular, you know, talking about those games last week, uh, Broncos and the Jets. Obviously, you know, Broncos a very public team. So yeah, they, they were cheering for them for start to finish, and yeah, it looked like the Jets were going to cover there at the end. But uh, you know, once they got the punt uh, down deep in their own territory, you know, everyone I think who was on the Jets was worrying about a pick six or a safety. Um, you know, super contest line was eight and a half. Uh, the line closed at ten at most places. But uh, yeah, <laughs> Geno Smith almost got uh, sacked twice. On the two previous plays for safeties, and yeah, the place the place was going crazy there. Of course, you know all the, all the chalk betters cheering um, for the Broncos to get a score, and then of course then they got the pick six and ran it in, and yeah, the place just went absolutely berserk. <laughs> and uh, on su- on Sunday night, I mean, um, I, w- I was there for the uh, yeah Redskins Cardinals uh, right. in the afternoon as well. Uh, now you know Cardinals not as much of a public team as the Broncos. But uh, being, being they were relatively uh, popular favorite on Sunday, so yeah, the uh, crowd wasn't as boisterous for that one as, as for the Broncos. And then the, uh, the the 49ers interception that put it over the total on on Monday night. I I was at home for that one. I usually I usually spend Monday night at home uh, with the family. 
Dave, quite a uh, recap of the weekend, uh, <laughs> especially everything that took place at the Westgate. Uh, and I, I also, uh, when I was in town there, got word that Jay Cornegay is in the process of remodeling the Westgate, the Superbook. Uh, has anything taken place there thus far, or is that going to happen after the football season? Um, they've upgraded some of the TVs. Uh, yeah, again, you know, Westgate bought it over the summer, and so... Obviously, with you know, with football fast approaching, it was, it was you know, it's it's hard to shut down the whole book and do and right. do total remodeling. So a lot of the changes are going to be after the football season or even after March Madness. Uh, so definitely by next football season, they're going to have. They say that it's going to look totally different, but they have upgraded some of the TVs uh, in the area that's between the sports and the race side. Um, you know, so that. Those usually show sports in high definition, so they upgraded those. Um, most of the other race TVs have stayed the same because still a lot of racetracks don't uh, don't broadcast in HD. So, um, yeah, there, we're, we're seeing uh, slow changes as we go, but again, we'll, we'll see that. You know, definitely by the time uh, if you come out again for the Super Contest uh, weekend and seminar next August, uh, it should have a whole different look. It'll be a Dave Tooley calling the Westgate a new home, a new look when it happens, <laughs> <laughs> at least throughout the football season here. Dave, you're, I know you're, there's a lot of dogs that attract you each and every week. What dog caught your eye for your complimentary play in the NFL card this weekend? Yeah, last week with our play, we hit uh, with the Panthers against the Bengals, uh, getting the points and playing to a tie, so that, that worked out well. But uh, I'm, I'm actually going to flip here and go against the Bengals this week. I mean, with the Bengals this week, I'm sorry. Um taking them against the Colts. Uh, like I said, that, that line, mostly three. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to be able to get three and a half by the weekend. Uh, the Bengals, you know, still a quality team. They, sh- they should have won that game. Uh, some uh, self-inflicted wounds there. But uh, I, I think they they make a statement game here on the road going into Indianapolis. And I think they're going to get the outright win. But uh, obviously having that uh, three in the hook would uh, would help. Dave Tooley being very attracted to the hook if it appears in that Indianapolis Colts game. He'll take the Bengals plus the points for his complimentary play on the football show this week. Dave, great job on the show once again this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck with all of your plays this week in the Superbook contest and your own personal plays. And we'll look forward to visiting with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Great. Thanks. Good luck, everybody. That was Dave Tooley joining us. We got the View from Vegas. You can visit Dave at his website at viewfromvegas.com. You can also read Tuesdays with Tooley's, Tuesdays with Tooley, I should say, on the ESPN.com website each and every Tuesday as well. Don't you go away. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to put the final wraps on the show this week. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, our complimentary plays from both Victor and I. When we come back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Imagine getting up to $900 in free plays bonuses on every qualified deposit. Use your Visa, MasterCard, or even American Express. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side failed to score? Use your shutout bailout card and get your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. Your side given up by halftime? Use your halftime surrender card, get half of your bet back. Only at Bet Online because you can. And remember, you get bonus on every deposit. That's the lifetime bonus guarantee. Only from Bet Online. Because you can. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. Let's get to it, guys. It is our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week. In college football, we call this one Elevator Up. 
And what we're looking to do in Game 7 of the college football season is to play on any 3-3 three and three college football home team that's off one loss exact if they were an underdog in their last game and they're facing an opponent that's off a loss in this game. These elevator up plays have gone 17-4 and four against the spread by playing on these teams. That's an 81% winning angle. This week, our elevator up will take us with the play on Northwestern, the Wildcats, when they host Nebraska in college football on Saturday. And with that, it's time for our complimentary football picks on the show this week. I'm going to hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports. Victor, if you would let our listeners know what you like as a complimentary play and what you've got on tap at King Creole Sports this weekend. Absolutely, Mark, and we would be remiss if we did not mention the hot record of the Playbook newsletter, Best Bets now 16-4 and four in the last two weeks. Looks like we're firing on all cylinders. Uh, this week's issue, uh, available $9 at playbook.com. You definitely want to get on board. The last two weeks have been very, very good. I love the upset game that you have in this week's newsletter as well. And again, anyone can go to playbook.com and download their copy this week for just $9. Uh, for our King Creole service, it was a overall winning weekend for us last week, Mark. We started with a Thursday night winner on the Colts, Texans over the total. We bookended that on Monday night with a uh, San Francisco-St. Louis over. Again, a game we touched on earlier in the show, which required a pick six to bring home the bacon. Uh, and it also required a couple of shots of tequila afterwards to calm down. <laughs> uh, Saturday, it was the four-star over of the week in college football. Marshall, Middle Tennessee State over. That game brought home the bacon. Uh, Saturday, underdog plays. Arkansas and Washington, those were winners as well. And then on Sunday, the four-star over of the week. Packers and the Dolphins over the total. Uh, overall, a, a pretty good weekend for our service. And, Mark, we got a big one in college football, our five-star college football over-under game of the month goes this Saturday. It is a game, of course, in which we're going over the total, and I'm expecting a lot of points in this particular game. It'll be up on the playbook.com website on uh, Thursday. That's our five-star college over of the month. Uh, of course, we mentioned earlier in the show that we do like the Panthers and Packers over the total. If we're looking for an under or a game with very good under potential, I would submit to you the uh, NFC East battle between the Giants and the Cowboys as our free play of the week under the total. There should be a lot of uh, rushing plays in this particular game, and you know what that does? Eat up the clock. Your average running play in the NFL takes about 40 seconds. We already know that Dallas leads the league with 33 rushes per game, and in fact 35 rushes per game in their last three and the Giants are a very good rushing team as well. They're right behind it, number six in the NFL in rushes per game at 32. And you'll probably want to lock this in as soon as possible as the line is starting to drift down a little bit. The last time I looked, it was at 48 points. Uh, we note that within this NFC East division, division games have gone 4-22 and 22 over under, dating all the way back to in 1983. In game sixes or greater within this division, when the over-under line is indeed 48 or more points. Of course, for the Cowboys, this is the first of three straight home games in a row. This is a great situation for a low-scoring game against division opponents. 1-12 and 12 over-under since 2009 for NFL teams playing on Sunday in the first of three straight home games against a fellow division opponent. Of course, that uh, big surprise win for Dallas last week, that was probably the shocker of the season, uh, defeating Seattle outright. 
But that was their fifth win in a row for the Dallas Cowboys. Division home favorites of 10 or less points off five or more wins in a row have gone 0-7 over under against any opponent coming in off a loss like the New York Giants. Of course, uh, on the Giants' side, we note that uh, they put up a big goose egg last week, shut out on the road against Philadelphia on Sunday evening. I'm sure Al Michaels was a little bit disappointed with his tendency to play the Sunday night games over the total. Never happened. But again, the Giants were shut out. This has gone 1-9 and nine over under in the last five years. NFL teams who were shut out on the road the previous week when the game line is seven or less points. And up next for the G-Men, of course, is their bye week. Division Road underdogs of four or more points playing before their bye week have gone 0-7 over under. Uh, I see a cautious, conservative game, a lot of running plays. We're going under the total of 48 mark in the Dallas-New uh, York Giants game. And don't forget our five-star college football over the month on Saturday. You can get Victor's five-star over-under play of the month on Saturday at playbook.com along with all of King Creole selections either on a pay-after-you-win basis or at 40% discounts with prebate purchases. Check it out this weekend, King Creole Sports at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the football show this week, I want to remind our listeners out there that I'll be releasing my college football underdog game of the month this Saturday. It's part of another $99 football weekend of winners. We've cashed winning tickets three weeks in a row on our $99 football weekend of winners. You can sign up today at playbook.com or call our office toll-free at 1-800-321-7777 to get on board. And while you're at it, be sure to check out our five-star October Rama for an extra $100. You'll get all of our plays through the end of October, including our big five-star game of the month next weekend, all available online at playbook.com or Call my office toll-free at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card this weekend in the ACC Conference, we're going to take a look at the Boston College Eagles when they host the Clemson Tigers this weekend. Boston College has suddenly turned themselves into a rushing juggernaut this football season. They come in here averaging 316 rushing yards a game on the season. Better yet, they're allowing only 100 rushing yards defensively. That makes for a strong one-two punch for a football team that can control the ground game offensively and stopping the run. On the flip side, Clemson comes into the contest. It's been their, This will be their first road game in a month. They've been camped at home the last three weeks, picking up three victories in a row. We also note the last three road games Clemson's journeyed out onto. They've lost those three games straight up, if you will. If there's a niche in Clemson's armor, it might be their rush defense, and it might not show because the opponents they played of late had not been running teams, but the season opening game against Georgia, the Bulldogs were certainly a running team, and they pounded the ball for 328 yards in this Clemson rush defense. With Boston College owning the better offense and the better defense in games against other fellow FBS teams this year, I'll take the points with this homecoming home dog on Saturday with the Boston College Eagles for my complimentary play in the football show this weekend. For Victor King from King Creole Sports, along with Dave Tooley from ViewFromVegas.com and our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above, until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always.